0: Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Reya. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues.
1: This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Reya. It's business, but it's personal.
0: Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. It's where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul, and blues. And we have a Jazz Shapers Encore special for you today. Returning to the show is Andy Puddicum, who last joined me back, I can't believe it, but apparently it's true, in 2014. He doesn't look any different. Um, I hope (laughs) I don't either. You'll be hearing lots from Andy. He's the co-founder of Headspace, which many of you will have heard of, if not all of you. It's a digital health platform providing guided meditation sessions and mindfulness training to the masses. When Andy, a typical student in his early 20s, was hit by some very personal bereavements, he sought a complete life change and made the radical decision to leave university and train as a Buddhist monk, buying a one-way ticket to Tibet. Over the next decade, his meditation training took him to Nepal, Thailand, Australia and Russia, culminating in full ordination in northern India. When Andy returned to the UK, he had a huge yet simple goal in mind, to demystify meditation and mindfulness and make them accessible to the West. While offering one-to-one meditation at a health clinic, he met, as Andy puts it, the burnt-out advertising executive, enter stage left, Rich Pearson. And together in 2010, they launched Headspace, at first with books and events, and then later launching the app, offering guided meditation sessions to improve focus, sleep and stress. They now reach an incredibly big community of over 65, yes, that's right, 65 million members in 190 countries and operate a B2B business, Headspace for Work, to offer mindfulness products and services to more than 700 companies, such as Starbucks, Adobe, and Unilever, helping them build healthier, more productive cultures and higher performing organizations. And not surprisingly, interest in Headspace has increased exponentially during the pandemic. Andy, welcome back. It's only been seven years. How are you?
2: I'm well, thanks. It's hard to believe, right? It doesn't. Feel it's serious. Like
0: ir- b- j- joking aside, it doesn't. Is this just a sign of age? Do you think? I think it might be.
2: I think. You no, know, I, re- I really, I remember it like it was. It was last week. Yeah, me too. And thanks you, for having me back.
0: No, no, it's amazing. I wanted you back. I've sought you out because, as I mentioned in the introduction, things have got a bit real. It was a good idea in 2010, or kind of a crazy idea. It was quite <laughs> big in 2012. It was nice size 2014. Yeah here we are 2021 and you are genuinely enormous mindfulness is enormous the awareness of mental health is enormous and coming out fingers crossed of this phase of this pandemic the need for the thing that you have been providing for years is super high
2: yeah my my hope is that we've been one small part of a conversation right That's changed around mental health and and the need to look after our minds and not just our, our bodies. And I think up until that point, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, the focus was always on kind of how do we be physically sort of healthy on the outside. And my hope is that now, yeah, there's a not only a growing acceptance that we need to look after our mind, but also a, a greater sense of vulnerability and permission as well. I feel like people are more willing to say these days, ah, yeah, sometimes I struggle to sleep. Sometimes I feel anxious. Sometimes I feel sad. And that's okay.
0: Like We're actually having those conversations. And I think it's a... A really important part of it the training that you had at the core of mindfulness and meditation to me anyway and I actually when I first met you I then downloaded the app and I started having it you know for many people listening your voice is incredibly familiar at the heart of it and there are many many tenets of of what this is all about Mm. but it feels like it's about being in the present a lot of it to me is right now we are having a conversation and if I'm in this moment there is no past yeah. because that's in my head. There is no future because it hasn't happened yet. The only thing that really matters is this. Yeah. How, how do you help people remain right here, right now?
2: Yeah, well, the interesting thing is, you know, people often write in and say, thanks, I feel like I don't have too much to do with it. And that's, you know, in answer to your question, the work is done by you, right? It's, it's not by me, the, by you realising when you get distracted. As soon as you realise that you're distracted that you're lost in your, in your thinking, you are immediately back in the present moment, not necessarily during meditation, but at any time with your kids, listening to a beautiful piece of music, drinking a glass of wine, whatever it might be, the the moment we realize we are automatically back in the present. And that only kind of, you know, it takes a certain commitment and it takes a certain amount of sort of steady patience. But all I'm really there for is just a sort of a friend along the way, just reminding you, Hey, by the way, just in case your mind's wandering off, now's a good time to, to come back again. And, and it, it amazes me over the years, my thinking's changed around this as well. I think when we even when we started out, I was thinking, like, really, like 10 minutes a day, is that going to make that much difference for people? I've genuinely been blown away. And, and we've seen over the 10 years as well, the science has started to prove out that sure there are benefits to to long periods of meditation but actually it's frequency rather than duration so taking one minute three minutes five minutes ten minutes out of our day to look after our mind that makes a real a real difference
0: and in your own words just briefly dis- define what mindfulness is because again back in 2014 it was a relatively new kid on yeah. the block Now people throw it around, but like a lot of words that get thrown around a lot, people lose the the, the meaning. So in Andy Piddicombe's own head, how would you describe mindfulness accurately?
2: Yeah, the way it was taught to me and the way that I understand it from my own experience is the ability to be present, free from distraction, with an open, curious and kind mind. And I think ordinarily that differs from how most of us live our lives, which is uh, a lot of noise in our heads. We have a lot of confusion in our heads. And often we're quite critical and judgmental, if not of ourselves, then of other people. And I feel like if we can move the needle on any one of those three, then that's a, that's a good thing, not just for us, but also for the, the people around us in our life.
0: You just described mindfulness. You talked about open, curious. And I think your your third point was yeah. kind. You as a human being, you know, we we look at doctors and and doctors have done an extraordinary, the medical profession has done an extraordinary thing over the last 12 months, 18 months, at least visually and palpably, but of course they do it all the time. They're notoriously unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Here you are. I mean, you know, you, you, we all know doctors. Sure. And you go, how yeah. do you, it's you know, they, they play hard. They're not all of them that are like that, but there's a lot of people that say one thing and yeah. obviously do another.
2: You ask me if, if, if monks have... and ex-monks play hard. Is that the, is that the question? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to ask you that. Or well, you can I can ask that, but you don't have to answer. But I guess the point is that you, you've got a smile on your face. You're there at the top of a, of a huge business now. I'm assuming you practice what you preach a lot, but you must have bad days. And if you do, how do you deal with those bad days?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there is an idea sometimes that that meditation or mindfulness can somehow sort of remove us from life, you know, sort of completely take us away from any difficulty or or challenges in in life. My own experience is, is not that, you know, stuff still happens in life. There are still stressful days, still difficult days. You know, whether it's at work, I have two young kids at home sometimes, you know, that gets uh, a little much too. And, And for me, the interesting thing has been not so much how does it get rid of those things, but how it's changed my relationship with those things. I think maybe in those situations, maybe I'm not quite as reactive as I might have been kind of once upon a time. And even when I miss the opportunity and I do react, it tends not to last as long as it would have done, you know, and. It's definitely helped me manage this journey. I don't know what this journey would have looked like without meditation or mindfulness. I, I genuinely don't know how I would have coped. Like as amazing as it has been, it's really, really kind. Of, it's stressful, you know,
0: building a building a business. Well, I mean, it's you're building a global business. Yeah. We talked about sixty five million people who are connected yeah. to you. hundred and ninety countries. That's a huge part. Of the globe and lots of funding, lots of responsibility, way more people than you were managing when we spoke and even, you know, it'll carry on. Yeah. And I know you've got a great partner in Rich and I know you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to focus on the product as it were. But all of that people responsibility, all of that business responsibility, have you enjoyed the ride on the whole? And if you haven't, where have you been able to sort of say, do you know what, Rich, this is yours. I'm out of here for a bit.
2: Yeah, so Rich and I really early on in our relationship agreed, you know, at the very beginning, actually, Rich said, I have no interest, by the way, in going out and talking in front of people. And I said, brilliant, because I have no interest in the business. So you look after the business, I'll go out and talk to people about meditation. And, and we've kind of stuck to that pretty much. And, and inevitably, you know, as co-founders, we both get roped into a lot of the, the business kind of conversations. But I think it's, it has been a really enjoyable journey. I think because we don't come from a classic business background, I think where it's become more difficult is where, you know, you move from the exciting, family, creative, adventurous startup into a, a more sort of serious business, more sort of corporate structure, more kind of focus on on operations. And that doesn't come naturally to Rich and I. We are probably more of a creative team than a than a business team, it just so happens that that creative idea sort of spurned a, a business so we're very fortunate as well to go through this together as I look back I would not have wanted to do this alone no, not for one minute like Rich and I we are there for each other every single day I talk as much to Rich as I do to my wife maybe more I'd probably over the last 10 years I probably spend more time with Rich than I have with my wife and I'm amazed That to this day, you know, that we get along so well, we always live within a stone throw of each other. You know, we go on holiday together still, Like we're best mates. So we go surfing together and we hang out. And I think that's a really rare thing in business. If it had been pure business and nothing else, I think, I'm not sure that it would have sustained me in the way that this is, it's been more kind of a, an adventure between two friends. And, a, and an incredible team kind of around us rather than a, a sort of a, a business sort of challenge or something like that, you
0: know. Stay with me to find out where the adventure goes um, with my business shaper today, it's Andy Piddicombe on this jazz shapers on course special. He'll be coming up again in a few more minutes. He's not going to go anywhere. I promise you right now that we're going to hear a taster from the Michigan Academy digital sessions, they can be found on all of the major podcast platforms. Mishkondere's Antonia Felix and Fiona Malin, psychologist and counsellor at Capital Minds, discuss practical advice for families on how to manage social media with children.
1: The Mishkan Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals
3: today. Ask your children if they would be happy for their content to be seen by you, or their friends, or a teacher, or a future employer, or a university admissions officer, or if they would be happy to see it online in the public domain. Often when children hit send on a message, they think they're sending it just to their friends and contacts. But actually, I don't think everyone is really aware of just how far the reach of their messages is. And so I think that's a really important question to say, who do you think sees your messages? How far do you think they go? How far do you think they travel around the internet Explain privacy settings. Again, really important. We should know about that. We should be much more aware. But tell your children where their privacy settings are and how to use them and remind them from time to time to update them and make sure that they are actually doing everything that they can to protect their privacy. One thing I always say to parents is, look, ask your kids to disable the notifications on their phones Everyone will have had the experience of sitting around the house and suddenly you hear pinging and buzzing all the way through the evening. And so sometimes having a space that that just isn't happening is a more relaxing environment to be. I think a very important thing to do with children is to remind them that the internet has a very long memory. Something that you think is okay now is the equivalent of us showing our 1990s photographs to everybody, which no one, one nobody wants wants to to do. (laughs) Um, As I say, things that we think are okay in five or ten years, we really may not think are okay. And and just asking them to be able to project themselves forward in that way—it's a difficult thing for young people to do. But I always think it's worth having a go at that and just saying, look. How do you think you'll feel about this in five years? How do you think you might feel about it in 10 years?
1: The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishcon Dorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: You can hear all our former Jazz Shapers, and I personally recommend it, on the Jazz Shapers podcast. Or if you've got a smart speaker, you can ask it politely to play Jazz Shapers, and there you'll find many of our recent shows. But back to today, Jazz Shapers on-call guest, it's Andy Puddicum, who last joined me back in 2014 when the world was a very different place in many ways, and probably not very different in many others as well. And he's the co-founder of Headspace, a digital health platform providing guided meditation sessions and mindfulness training to the masses. You talked about the adventure that you're on with your, your best friend, with, mm. with Rich. Um, the two of you are running this big business. We've ascertained that you guys both are sort of like unintentional leaders of a very big business. But yeah. the, the question I have is, I guess, the creativity that is within you, the kind of person that you are, how does that square with having to run co-run a big organization yeah. as much as you'll say hey, I don't get involved in the business you're going to be involved in a lot of decisions sure. so what's your leadership style in your own words
2: well <laughs> um, I, I mean I, I laugh because just really still now I mean I don't know if at any stage like it's going to feel real but like, maybe it will do Um, it still does it. The idea of being some kind of business leader is still kind of vaguely comical to me. Um, I would say our, our leadership staff of both Rich and I is to look around the world for the very best leadership talent and to employ them as quickly as possible, um, to, to run the company. So we, we recently, last year we took on a, a COO who is now the CEO, a CC from, from Intuit. And and we've watched and so we we are there to support her as she builds out a team and and genuinely kind of i i feel like that that is the job of a a business leader it's not necessarily to kind of wrangle and take charge oneself it's to put the best people in in the roles um Mm -hmm. to to build out a team that, that can function as best as possible to fulfill the mission and the vision as quickly as possible I don't know if this is a a funny way of answering the the question. No, 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 that's our our style.
0: It it makes perfect sense. And I guess my next question then is well, how do you make sure that you find these brilliant people? Because there are lots of people out there, but Andy and Rich have certain taste. Have you worked out what it is that you're looking for?
2: Yeah. And and look, we, like any business, of course, we've misfired at times and, and and, you know, and and it, it hasn't always worked out. But we have been incredibly fortunate kind of on that, on that journey, I think it helps that people are interested in, in what we're doing. They're normally kind of motivated by the vision and, and the mission. And so, you know, the people who come along and who are interested in working, working for Headspace, they're already kind of bought in to that mission. And then it just comes down to kind of cultural fit, you know, assuming they have the expertise, the experience and everything else. It comes down to kind of cultural fit. And it's actually very for me personally, after all this time, we know really quickly, of course, we'll have an interview and we'll make it last a certain period of time, which is, is the expected period of time. But actually, you know, you know, within five minutes, kind of whether mm. it's going to be a good cultural fit or not. Um, and I still enjoy that whole journey of kind of finding and, and uncovering these brilliant people. We've we've genuinely been really, really fortunate in in that regard. And, and I love seeing it because Again, Rich and I, we don't have that experience. We don't have that skill set. So for us, it is a genuine pleasure, as long as we can sort of still be involved creatively, to to sort of step back and watch people do these things that we always imagined that we'd be able to do, but could never kind of get quite close enough to it. Well,
0: that's the thing. You, you know, it it works, right? And at the end yeah. of the day, a product needs to work. The back end, yeah. technically is sophisticated the algorithms the product team the the people that manage the site the subscription model it's seamless you know I'm probably not dissimilar to you I go I know what I want but I wouldn't know how to deliver it which yeah. is therefore critical that those people buy the vision. But have you enjoyed learning all these different technical pieces? Or again, is it a bit more like, as long as it works, I don't really care what's under the bonnet?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know what colour it is. Yeah, I'm probably... Yeah, you do. I, I, I'm, and how I'm, fast it goes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I'm probably less... Cons- I, Rich, Rich actually has got a lot more... I think because he was CEO for, for quite some time, he has had to become a lot more educated about a lot of that stuff. I've definitely stayed more on the sort of the brand creative content side of side of the business i couldn't tell you how most of that stuff works they're amazing what they do i don't know how they do it but it seems to work it
0: definitely seems to work <laughs> stay with me for my my brilliantly honest and humble i'm sure um business shape today is my jazz shaper call special guest andy puddicombe We have been, the last 18 months, in a very, very strange and unique situation. The most anxious period of time for millions of people, for so Mm. many obvious reasons. You were obviously ready because this was already in the ether, the idea of mindfulness, the idea of headspace. But the numbers I've read, and tell me if this is wrong, I've read something like the interest in the corporate service that you offer has gone up by about 500% worldwide. Uh, Ten times more people in the UK followed the reframing anxiety at home session these are crazy numbers, Andy, crazy numbers. Yeah. I mean, obviously what you do is critical, but could you ever have envisaged it would be so fundamental to people's mental health?
2: It is exceptional and it is unusual, this, this time. But I always look at meditation in the context of not only being a universal thing, but also a timeless thing. It's been around for you know thousands of years. And during that time, it will have seen many different things come and go and I think just the nature of being human is quite challenging in itself you know and I think add to that the the pace of our life and the amplification of all the noise and information and digital chatter in our life has made it more challenging add on top of that a pandemic and all the anxiety and loneliness and everything that kind of and grief that sort of comes with that I think this is quite an exceptional time so on the one hand, like we've always needed meditation and mental health and, and the health of the mind has always been important. But yeah, I think we are just simply seeing like a growing, either a growing awareness of it or a growing adoption of it. So I'm happy that we could, we could be there. And, and look, I, I say this, I didn't come up with this idea, so I can say this, the team really early on in the pandemic said, okay, who's struggling the most? Okay, well, unless the healthcare providers and the doctors and nurses around the world are healthy themselves, then there's no way they can look after others. And they said, we should just make it free for all kinds of healthcare workers. And then, you know, we realized that the employment thing was happening and they said, we should make it free for the unemployed and we should make it free for, for teachers. And it's all come from the team. And it's just Mm -hmm. been a joy to watch a whole new group of people kind of adopt mindfulness in the midst of a really sort of challenging and difficult situation for for so many have you been all right we've been very very fortunate Elliot. you know i won't say it's been it's not been a breeze i don't think anyone's been having a breeze this this no, last year no no one's got away with um this.
0: i think we've but generally you haven't had an existential crisis as it were or a kind of no what am i up to i suppose in a way you're so focused on the fact that what you're doing is genuinely helping people that must feel good
2: we've tried to focus very much on on that on a on a personal level probably the biggest challenge like for so many people is being away from family um for most of this period we've been on the other side of the world we're now a little bit closer but we still can't quite get get back to the uk um my own mm-hmm. my, my dad had covid and was extremely unwell in hospital i think not being able to communicate not being able to reach out to those people mm. i think that's really really tough and and it's no amount of meditation has kind of has, has changed that sort of feeling but it's definitely it's helped us as a family to to stay grounded and and just to, to focus on those things that are going well and that, that we do have
0: in our life and to appreciate those a bit more We'll have our final chat with my guest, Andy Puddycombe, and we've got some pretty special jazz trumpet for you from Freddie Hubbard. That's in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, but if you do, breathe nice and calmly.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: Andy Puddycombe's my business shaper just for a few more minutes. When I met you last time, it struck me how simple you seem to keep things. I'm meeting you now and the business is, has changed morphed into metamorphosized into some beautiful butterfly and it's flying around the world influencing lots of people's well-being and happiness and you just mentioned some fabulous stuff about giving the service away f- for nothing. That simplicity Andy do you feel like you keep life simple or are you actually more distracted than it appears? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're actually
2: we're like, as a family, my wife and I, Joe, we're probably like the most boring people around our life is incredibly <laughs> simple actually. Although pre pre COVID admittedly, there was lots of flying around and, and everything else for, for work, but our personal life is, is incredibly simple. And I think that's just, we have our own personal interests and we don't really kind of deviate too much outside, you know, we have a small circle of friends who, who we love dearly and we, we enjoy hanging out with and we love Being sort of physical. So we, you know, I like surfing, mountain biking and running. We share these passions and our kids over time are starting to share those, those same passions and it, it means we kind of live quite a, a simple life. We don't, we don't really do too much.
0: (laughs) And and I imagine that the whole you know, connection with celebrity, joking before about Jimmy Fallon, no, not before anyone could hear yeah. Jimmy Fallon who interviewed you, but you've been interviewed by lots and lots of people, very, very high profile people, lots of famous people have said, wow, this thing is amazing. I imagine in the grounded world of Andy Puddicombe, that's very nice, but no more than that.
2: They've thankfully mostly been incredibly nice people and and I've genuinely enjoyed the the conversations. You know, I think... That's the. I think that's the thing about the meditation, mindfulness, the mind. It's the great equalizer. Doesn't matter what you have in life. Doesn't matter where you come from. What you got right now, you can still be in crisis. You can still be having a tough time, and you can still find yourself stuck, not really knowing how to deal with the thoughts and emotions that arise in the mind. So, that's the thing that I'm always struck by. You know, even if I meet people who, are, you know, ridiculously kind of famous and and people around the world might look at them and say but they have everything how could they possibly be unhappy and you start to realize that actually doesn't matter it's not it's not about money it's not about power it's not about fame it's not about celebrity it's like how comfortable can we be with ourselves and with our mind as it is and in turn how can we show up for the people around us with a, a mind that is is healthy happy and and loving
0: and if you could say one thing to people listening today about how they would achieve that what would that one thing be
2: you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I would say just start, just start with a small amount of meditation, one minute, three minutes, five minutes a day, and just see if it makes a difference in your life.
0: I've really liked talking to you again. It hasn't felt like seven years or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. It hasn't. Um hasn't. And I'm so happy that you've done well. You deserve to do well. You have got a business which is much more than a business. It actually changes people's lives. So, as you said, I, I've tried it before. I need to go back again because the truth is, I've fallen off. I've fallen off the Fall, horse. Off. I'm being honest. Hey, I've fallen off, but I'm going to get back on. Everyone falls off on. the wagon. It's just about getting back on again. I'll get back on. I promise. Just before I say Terar again, good luck with everything, obviously, and I hope everything continues so to go well. What's your song choice and why have you chosen it?
2: so i've chosen whenever i used to go and visit my my dad back in the uk we would always he's a massive jazz fan and over the years we've listened to to all kinds of of jazz ella is his is his favorite the idea of the song we We, we often used to listen to Frank Sinatra as well. And a lot of the duets that he did with, with various artists. And there was one that he did "Mac the Knife, I think he did it with Jimmy Buffett actually, which we would listen to all the time. And I don't know why there was something about the melody that, and I'd never heard Ella do it. And and last time I was back there, I think it was from the Berlin album. He played, he played Ella doing "Mac the Knife and. It was just such a powerful song. It reminded me of my dad. I haven't seen him for ages, and I know he'll get a huge kick out of hearing this on the radio. So this comes with with lots of love, Dad.
0: That was Ella Fitzgerald with Mac the Knife, the song choice of my business shaper today on the Encore special, Andy Pudicombe. He talked about being open, about being curious, and about being kind. And if we can all do that, life would be great. He talked about keeping it simple which is actually, I think, a fundamentally important point. And finally, he talked about trusting people to essentially run the business. And that's what him and his business partner, Rich, have done over the years and helped it grow to a huge, huge business. Fantastic stuff. That's it from Jazz Shapers
1: and me. Have a lovely weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.